want us to look, if you will, at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at verse 19 and verse 20. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 19 and 20. And as we've been looking at some soul winning helps, we've discussed a little bit about the why behind soul winning and the command and and uh, we've discussed a little bit about uh, uh, how it should be done and like, and we'll uh, come back around to that and discuss that in more detail. But uh, we've also looked at some difficulties of soul winning. And we have looked at uh, how some of those difficulties, one of those is right within ourselves. We look inside the mirror and you see a difficulty to soul winning. And one, of course, we discuss some with unbelievers and, and also with the, uh, the message uh, itself and, and uh, how that can pose a difficulty, if you will. And uh, all of those uh, messages that we have uh, gone through thus far on this are on our sermon audio. If you want to listen to those, uh, you can find that through uh, sermon audio. But tonight I want to uh, switch gears, if you will, in this study and take a few moments and look at the other side of the coin. Uh, Not just the difficulties of soul winning, but also uh, start looking at the reward of soul winning. And we're going to look at some different things that uh, we as believers can see as rewards and uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19 and 20, notice the Bible says this, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Uh, are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming? For ye uh, are our glory and joy. I want us to notice there the, for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? And uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll get into the message here this evening. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight, and we thank you, uh, dear God, for the opportunity we have to serve you. The opportunity, uh, Lord, that you give to each and every one of us as your children to uh, go into the world and preach the gospel, Lord. But not only uh, going, but going in your power. And Lord, I pray that we would see, uh, Lord, the uh, opportunity, but also the obligation that we have uh, to go out in your name. And I pray, dear God, that you would help each and every one of us to draw closer to you and to leave here tonight being more fervent witnesses for you. And we'll be careful to give you all the glory and the honor and all the praise. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, notice here the reward of soul winning or rewards for soul winning. And uh, look there at your uh, handout there on the back of the bulletin and notice there are only two points tonight. You say, wow. Thought you had to be three points to be Baptist. Well, don't worry. We got a three-point length, but only two-point message. Amen. Now, uh, there's just going to be a couple of things we're dealing with here this evening. And I want us to see here uh, tonight that uh, there are some rewards to soul winning. Uh, Why is it that we go out? Well, we go out because we're commanded. Uh, but there are some rewards, and the Bible tells us about these things. And, and I want us to see here this evening, notice number one there on, your, on the back of your bulletin. Notice, looking forward to biblical rewards is not selfish. Looking forward to biblical rewards is not selfish. Now, uh, there are uh, uh, people that will say things like, uh, well, I am, I am looking forward to heaven. I'm looking forward to, uh, to being in heaven and seeing the Lord and, and uh, being in heaven and seeing loved ones that have passed on before me. I'm looking forward to that. And, and why is that something we can look forward to? Because the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We know that eternal life is a current 
possession uh, of every believer, and that's something that we're looking forward to uh, because it's what the Bible teaches. But as soon as somebody starts saying, uh, uh, talking about some reward or, or something like that, it's easy for us in our minds to think, well, that means that they're only doing that for the reward. Well, that's not necessarily true. Looking forward to what the Bible says is coming is not selfish. No, it's biblical. We know this is what God says. This is what God promised. And therefore, that is what I'm looking forward uh, to. So look at Hebrews, if you will. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 24 through verse 26. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 through verse 26. Notice the Bible says, by faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward." By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured uh, as uh, seeing him who is uh, invisible. Notice there, we see Moses here. Uh, he was looking forward to something that was going to come. Of course, we know with Moses, as he uh, was there on the backside of the desert there, and, and, uh, and uh, God spoke to him from the, uh, from the bush that was uh, burning with fire, yet not being consumed. And God told him, you are to go into Egypt, and you are to tell uh, Pharaoh, let my people go. And uh, we know the, uh, the, the uh, uh, transaction, if you will, that was happening there. Uh, Moses was talking to God and, and Moses said, well, uh, when I go there, who do I say sent me? He says, I am sent you. And as God is talking to him, he's telling him that Pharaoh is not going to let the people go immediately. But God said he will let them go. And Moses here, as he goes uh, into Egypt, he is able to go in and, and uh, withstand uh, uh, to the face there of Pharaoh. And though they were turned down many times, God was true to his word. And we see here that Moses, uh, he, was, uh, he, he was willing to suffer the affliction with the people of God because uh, notice at the end of verse 26, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Now, in this world that we live in, we have been subconsciously programmed to think that looking forward to some reward as believers uh, is wrong because of the selfishness in this world, because our flesh loves to be recognized for, uh, for accomplishments. Uh, Bible believers wrongly assume that looking forward to this reward uh, is wrong. But understand this, God gives us plenty of verses that are there simply to inform us of what is to come. Why is it that we have the Word of God? Because God desires to teach us something. Because God desires us to uh, learn more about Him and, and more about the way that we're supposed to live. Of course, what Christ did for us. And it is to guide us in doctrine and in way of life. So as we, as we uh, uh, study the Bible, you're going to find the Bible says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Now when it says all Scripture... It's not only talking about some scripture. We understand the meaning of the word all. That is, uh, it includes everything. Uh, therefore, when, when, when God uh, uh, tells us of rewards, that is something that we can look forward to. That is profitable for us as believers uh, to know. 
So with that said, God does not tell us of a reward to make us selfish, but rather I believe he tells us of these things to keep us encouraged and to keep our eyes on the prize. To keep our eyes looking forward, we, uh, we, we will say uh, many times, you'll hear someone say in one way or another, uh, just keep your eyes on the cross, just keep your eyes uh, on the Lord, just keep your eyes uh, heavenward. What are they saying there? Keep your eyes on something that's greater than yourself, because that's what the Bible is pointing us to. You see, before we become holier than thou, if you will, and think that We just do this simply because it's commanded. Think about the other things in life. No one goes to work because it's just a command. We go to work because we know we're going to get a paycheck. We know that. It's it's, uh, plain and simple. We know that there is a reward uh, for work. But think about the reward that we're talking about here tonight. Think about this reward. And this is that, that uh, second blank there, the, uh, uh, that uh, quote there that you see. Rewards are not mentioned as motives, but rather as incentives. Think about the rewards for a believer. We should not be serving the Lord Because we're getting rewards. We should be serving the Lord because of what Christ did for us, because of who God is. We should be serving the Lord because uh, Christ came and he died on the cross for us. He gave everything for us, and therefore uh, we owe everything to him. We're serving the Lord out of our love for what Christ did for us. Uh, So uh, understand there, these rewards, are they they should not be our motive, but we should see them as incentives. Uh, God said that if I serve him, if I love him, if I'm soul winning, if I'm, uh, if I'm leading others to him, these are rewards that I'm going to get. We are to do this because of what Christ did. And by being obedient, we are rewarded. We're rewarded because of obedience. Look at Proverbs chapter 16, if you will. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 31. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 31. Notice what the Bible says here. Proverbs 16, 31. The hoary head is a crown of glory. Notice, if it be found in the way of righteousness. It's very important to remember this truth here because we all get older. You know, all of us are older today than we were yesterday. That is an encouraging thought, is it not? We all get older. My great-grandfather passed away in his 90s, and even when he was in his late 80s and early 90s, he would always say, I'm not old, I'm just older than most. He was, a, uh, he was an interesting man, but he, he, uh, uh, he was driving up until the last uh, uh, year of his life or so, and, and uh, he just loved living life, he loved people. But the reality is this, we all get older. And the Word of God says here in this passage that the hoary head is a crown of glory. That's speaking of the, the gray hair uh, on our heads. We know, of course, the, uh, the Bible talks about how our body breaks down and it's a natural thing. And, and it, but it says here that that is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. 
So the Word of God tells us that getting older, it should not discourage us, but rather it should be an encouragement if we know Christ as our Savior. Why is that? Because as we are getting older, uh, that means that our time is winding down. We know that the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We know, of course, uh, there are people who, uh, who live a very short life, people that live a very long life, and, and uh, a, uh, a man knoweth not what a day may bring forth. There's all sorts of things that can happen. Uh, but as a believer is getting older, understand, Uh, they are getting closer and closer to seeing the Lord and Savior face to face and that should be an encouragement to us. Now I am looking forward to heaven. I enjoy life here on earth. I'm not in any way trying to rush things or anything like that but if the Lord came back and took me to heaven in the rapture right now I wouldn't complain. I can guarantee you that. I'm looking forward uh, to the rapture Uh, but the truth of the matter is this. We all get older but don't we have something to look forward to as believers. It's a reward, is it not? As we continue to get older and as we're serving the Lord, heaven gets sweeter and sweeter all the time. It says we shall all be changed, is what the Bible says. It tells us about the streets of pure gold and the gates of pearl. It tells us about the crystal river and the angels singing. The Bible tells us of these things because God knows us better than we know ourselves. God knows everything. And God wants us to look forward to what is to come. So looking forward to the rewards is not selfish in the least, but it is Biblical. Look back at Hebrews chapter 11, if you will, where we were just a little bit ago. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 24. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 through 26. Hebrews 11, verse 24 through 26, the Bible says this, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God, than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the uh, reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Now, Now think about this here for a moment. Moses was of course a Hebrew and he was placed into the uh, into the uh, uh, the basket or the ark that his mother made and and uh, and she of course put slime and pitch on the inside of that to keep the water from coming in and and he was miraculously saved and delivered from uh, from the death that was going on of all the uh, Hebrew children at that time and he goes into the palace and here is a boy uh, that in, uh, in, uh, uh, in all other uh, circumstances he would have been raised to, uh, to be a slave. He would have been beat many times. He, uh, sometimes uh, uh, they would even die because of the beatings. But here he is. Uh, he has been protected by God. He's living in the palace. He's living there in Egypt. The world power at that time, anything he wanted was at his fingertips. Anything. I mean, he was living in the in the palace with Pharaoh. He was uh, he was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. But he said that I would rather suffer the affliction with the people of God. Notice in verse twenty six, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. He said, if I am bearing the reproach of Christ, if I'm being persecuted. 
for Christ's sake, that's greater than all the riches that Egypt could ever offer. See, he's looking forward to something. He's looking forward to what God has in store. Here is Moses, a man who was willing to go through the affliction, looking forward to the reward. Some would say, well, if if Moses was only looking at the reward and not just out of the goodness of his heart doing that, then then he was selfish. Well, you you could have a point there because he was just a man. Uh, But I want us to look at Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. And then we can ask ourselves if Moses was truly selfish or not. Because in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, we read of someone else who also set some things aside. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Understand, we know everything that the Lord Jesus Christ went through. He was beat with the cat of nine tails that would literally wrap around your body and rip the flesh uh, directly uh, from the bone in some of those circumstances. He was beaten. He was uh, had a crown of thorns placed on onto his head. He was crucified uh, there on the cross of Calvary. Uh, he was spat upon. He was mocked. He was cursed at. And all of these things. But it says here, looking unto to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, speaking of Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he was looking forward to what was to come. He knew that it was a bigger picture. Notice he was looking forward to those things, the joy that was set before him because of what he was looking forward to, he was enduring what he was going through at this time. This is speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who was selfless. So we see that Moses and and the Lord, they were enabled to go through their uh, prospective difficulties and they were looking at the promise of what's ahead. Uh, So I believe it's biblical for us as believers to look forward to those rewards uh, as well, to claim them uh, as our own because you know what that's going to do? And many times that's going to give us some stability. You know, our mind is always wavering. It's up and it's down. All of those things. The only thing constant in life is the Word of God. That's it. But we have something to look forward to. We have the Word of God that tells us what is to come. So it doesn't matter what valleys we go through. It doesn't matter what, uh, what mountaintops we're on. It doesn't matter what trials we're in. It doesn't matter what persecutions come. It doesn't matter how many doors are slammed in our face when we're, uh, when we're soul winning. It doesn't matter if, if people are mocking us and making fun of us and, and calling us names and all of those things. None of that stuff matters if we're looking at what's ahead. The reward that is to come. All of those things that I just mentioned, you're being a faithful soul winner, some or all of those things are going to happen at one point or another. And it would be easy for us to say, you know what? It's just not worth it. People just don't want to hear the gospel anymore. They have never wanted to hear the gospel. But they need to hear the gospel. And it's our job to give it to them. And remember, there are rewards that are waiting for the soul winner. We're going to be going through many of these uh, rewards as we go over the next uh, couple of weeks or several weeks here. And it's things that we need to keep into our minds. Look at Matthew chapter 5, if you will. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 12. 
Matthew chapter 5 and verse 12. The Lord Jesus Christ, of course, speaking here, the portion known as the Beatitudes. And in chapter 5, verse 12 of the book of Matthew, the Bible says this, Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Why? Notice, for great is your reward in heaven. I think the Lord's telling us here that there's something to look forward to. There's a reward that's coming. We need to keep our eyes on that. Looking forward to what God has planned and what God has uh, prepared for us. Uh, it's not selfish. It is biblical. So uh, as we begin to look at these rewards here, understand these are things that we should be looking forward to. We should be serving the Lord, of course, because of what God has done for us. And remember uh, that, uh, uh, that quote there that we quoted just a little bit ago. Mark that down in your mind. That rewards are not to be motives, but rather incentives. So as we look at this first reward, I I truthfully believe that it is uh, by far the most immediate and the most precious reward to a soul winning believer here on earth. Now we know, of course, of rewards that we're going to have in heaven as well. But here on earth, we also have a reward and that is this, sweeter fellowship with the Lord. Sweeter fellowship with the Lord. That's number two there toward the bottom of your page. Uh, Look at Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. Notice the Lord said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Something that we must ensure that we understand is this. The Lord Jesus Christ desires to have fellowship with us. It's a desire of His. I'm not talking about just acknowledging that we exist. You know, there are people all around this world that know that God exists, but they don't have fellowship with God. They know that there's some some higher power up there, but yet they're not communing with Him. There's no relationship there. They've never uh, trusted Him as their personal Savior. What I'm talking about here tonight, what Christ desires, I'm talking about sweet communion uh, with us. He desires uh, to be with us. As the Great Commission was given, um, the Lord said this to believers there. He said, He would be with us always. Never leave us, nor forsake us. No matter what, God says, I am there with you. Look at John chapter 14, if you will. John 14 and verse 1 through 4. John chapter 14, verse 1 through 4. This is a passage that any believer can get excited about when you read through John 14. John chapter 14, verse 1 through 4, the Bible says this, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, 
there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. The Lord went to prepare a place for you and me. But notice there in the end of verse 3, I believe we see the Lord's heart here. As you, as you read this, he says, I go away to prepare a place for you. But it's not just preparing a place for us where, where, uh, where the Lord is here and, and uh, um, uh, five million galaxies over, he's preparing a place for us. No, he says that where I am, there ye may be also. Because the Lord desires to have a relationship with us and sweet communion uh, with us. And we can have that as we, as, uh, as we are uh, obeying the Lord uh, here on earth. Uh, he said in Matthew here that he would be with us always. And that is while we are here. Think about what God allows us to do. God did not ask for our help to send his son to be born of a virgin. He didn't ask for our help to, uh, to uh, uh, get him out of the, uh, the uh, beatings that he was taking. He didn't ask for any of our help when he was uh, dying on the cross of Calvary. He didn't ask for our opinion when, uh, when he was uh, creating everything that exists. He didn't ask uh, uh, what we thought about sin and what the judgment should be. Why? Because God doesn't need our help. God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. He doesn't need us. But we need God. But think about this for a moment. God doesn't need us. He doesn't need our help. Yet the God of heaven has asked his children to help him here on earth. He could have done it all, but yet we have the opportunity to help the Lord and to work for him. What a great thing that is. But what a responsibility. You see, the dearest thing to the heart of God is the souls of men. And that's why he came. And think about this for a moment. When we are working for Christ, though we will have trials and we will have uh, tribulations, though there will be times of pain and there's going to be times of heartbreak, through all of those things, we are with Christ. And Christ is with us. I'll never leave thee, nor forsake thee. And lo, I am with you always. God is always uh, with us. Some of the sweetest testimonies that I've ever heard from believers is, is when they tell of some of the deepest, darkest trials they've ever been through and how they grew closer to the Lord through those things. And many times they'll say this, I didn't realize how far away from God I was until I started going through that trial and how close I got to him through that. Why? Because God was there. Because God cares for us. Because God, uh, he, he desires uh, to be with us. Christ promised to be with us. So let's take it one step further. When the Lord Jesus Christ, he said this, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of of the world. He said that in the context of the believer witnessing, that's what he said. I am going to be with you. He's, he, he had just told them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he tells them exactly uh, what they are to do, uh, teaching all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And he says, but wait a second, know that I'm going to be with you. I am with you always. Those hundreds or thousands of doors that you knock on, 
and the people don't want to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ, God says, I'm there with you. The times where we get to open up the Bible and show someone how to be saved and yet they don't trust Christ, God is still there. The times where the Lord allows us to lead someone through the gospel of Jesus Christ and and they trust Him as their personal Savior, it's a wonderful thing, but we must never lose sight of the fact that that had nothing to do with us but everything to do with God because God was there. When we go out, we... We pray that the Lord would give us uh, clarity of thought and clarity of mind and and prepare the hearts that we're going to talk to that day. Why? Because it's all through His power. You see, church, the the, the Lord desires uh, us to to fellowship with Him. He desires to fellowship with us. He desires uh, to be close to us. And understand this, when the the Lord told us to uh, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, when He said, go ye therefore and teach all nations, and He said, lo, I am with you always, understand those are commands that God told us to do. And the truth of the matter is this, though God is everywhere, a special promise is given in these passages of the Great Commission, and that is for this simple reason. The fellowship is sweeter when we are living in obedience to God. It's sweeter. And it is impossible for a believer to live in obedience to God if we are not living a life of witnessing. Why? Because God commanded us to witness. But we know that as we obey the Lord, that communion is sweeter with Him. The relationship is sweeter with Him. So we need to understand that is a reward for us as believers. Look at John chapter 15, if you will. John 15, verse 4 and 5. John chapter 15, verse 4 and 5. The Bible says this, Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Uh, For without me, uh, ye can do nothing. Understand, if we go out in our own power, we're not going to bear any fruit. But God desires for us to bear much fruit for him. But he says that can only happen if we are abiding in him. We must see that the reward for winning souls is sweeter fellowship uh, with Christ. Isn't it true uh, that families uh, serve each other because of their love for one another? As, as you see the family unit, you've got the, uh, the father and the mother and the children, and, and things are going on in that household. Things are going on uh, uh, because they love each other, because uh, they care for one another. Well, we know that uh, that the Lord loves us. We know from John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So God loves the world. We know uh, that there's love uh, on that side. There's no way that we can uh, that we can go about and, uh, and honestly say God doesn't love us because if God didn't love us, we would be in hellfire right now. God loves us. He cares for us. He, 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 uh, uh, he desires that, uh, that we live for him. Uh, but understand this. We know that the, lo- that the Lord loves us. Countless times through the Bible we see that. But what about our love for him? The Bible says this. If you love me, keep my commandments. You see, we need to 
love the Lord. And what that's going to do is it's going to cause us to love people. What it's also going to do is as we love the Lord and as we love people, you see, we are getting a hold of the heartbeat of Christ. And when that happens, we've got sweeter fellowship with the Lord because we're doing what he wants us to do. Now, there's all different kinds of ways that we can be a witness. Of course, we've got tracts that we can distribute. We've got uh, soul winning times. We've got bus visitation where we go out and visit the ones that are, uh, that are on the bus and try to reach the families there. We've got, um, we've got First Friday event. We've got all sorts of things, new move-in mailers and all of that. Understand all of these things are ways that we can be involved, but understand we all should be involved in something because it's a command from God. And if we want to have that sweeter fellowship with God, and I believe uh, all of us would say, uh, at least to some extent, uh, uh, I need to draw closer to the Lord. We need to admit that, that, that there is, uh, there is uh, uh, plenty of room for us to draw closer to the Lord. Well, if that's true, we need to understand that God desires for us to grow closer to Him as well. So we need to obey him. These are some rewards here. Uh, understand uh, the, the reward is sweeter fellowship with the Lord. Let's love the Lord. Let's love people. Let's be uh, soul winners. Let's realize that one of the rewards uh, for obeying the Lord in witnessing is sweeter fellowship with Him. God loves us. And if we love Him, we're going to do what He's told us to do. And think about the job that we have to do in this witnessing. We have the opportunity to give people the gospel of Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit, lead them through Bible verses that are going to bring them to the point of making a decision that is literally going to make their eternity do a 180. Completely different. They're already on their way to hell. We need to give them the gospel so that they can be on their way to heaven. We need to love the Lord. We need to witness for Him. And as we do that, we will draw closer to the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight. And Lord, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to serve you and to live for you, to love you. Lord, I thank you for loving us. Lord, I thank you for the verses, Lord, that teach us about rewards. Lord, there are so many things, Lord, that you tell us about rewards and different uh, things that, uh, that uh, we can uh, do, Lord, to uh, see those rewards and to look forward to those rewards. Lord, I pray that you would help us to keep things in the right perspective. Lord, every one of us should desire sweeter communion and sweeter fellowship with you. Lord, help us to see that that can be done through soul winning through doing what you've told us to do through your power. Lord, I pray that you would draw us closer to you than, than we've ever been. Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us, dear God, to keep these things in the right view in our minds. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you a question here this evening. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Pastor Combs, I, I'm looking forward to heaven and I'm looking forward to the reward that the Bible teaches us about that we're going to get when we're there, but I need to draw closer to the Lord. I need to be in sweeter communion with the Lord. I need the Lord's help. You know, the old saying goes like this, we're only as close to God as we desire to be. 
Because any distance that's between us and the Lord isn't because he's put it there. It's because of our wayward heart. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor Combs, I, I desire to be in sweet communion with the Lord. Would you pray for me? If that's you, would you slip your hand up? You say, I need to be in sweet communion with the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's continue to obey his word. Continue to draw closer to him. And the Lord will help us with that.